dose of debate, breaking news, and uncensored views. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day for news, for interpretation, for analysis, for trying to figure out what the heck is going on regarding the affidavit. About half of it was redacted. That means it's blocked out. When you actually look at the affidavit, you uh, find out that nearly half of its length has those big, black, ugly-looking squares where you can't read under them. You can't erase it. You can't find out what is there. A lot of that has to do with names. It has to do with what are called human intelligence assets. Now, the question is, are those human intelligence assets people who are planted in foreign governments? Or are they planted within current American organizations? Or are they human assets that the Justice Department, that intelligence agencies have been using, that are actually part of the Trump uh, operation? And I think that's highly unlikely. However, it's one of the questions among many, many, many questions that have been raised about uh, the 38 pages of the affidavit. One question that I think we can answer right away and do it definitively is, uh, is this one, which is what does uh, affidavit mean? And the definition of affidavit is it is a sworn statement or testimony uh, and it has to be sworn to that is used in a legal proceeding. And here, uh, clearly what uh, they mean by an affidavit is this preparation uh, that leads to a warrant. In other words, you have to submit the affidavit before you get a warrant for a search. And that is what happened regarding that search that uh, occurred, of course, on July 8th that focused all the attention here. The New York Times, in reporting the affidavit, says a redacted affidavit released today said the former president took highly classified national security documents from the White House. Uh, Senator Mark Warner, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee, is a Democrat from Virginia, called for an assessment of the damages posed by the mishandling of information. Is there any real doubt that there was mishandling of information? Uh, no one seems to question that. The uh, Justice Department asked to search President Donald J. Trump's Florida residence, reports the New York Times, after retrieving an initial batch of highly classified national security documents out of concern that their disclosure could compromise clandestine human sources used in intelligence gathering according to a redacted version of the affidavit used to obtain the warrant. What they did not want to give out and what most of the redactions according to all reports involved, what most of the obscuring of details involved was the names of spies and the names of uh, spies and mechanisms of spy operations that also pertain to some of these papers that they were so worried about. Now, who is it that we are spying against? I would assume that we're the United States of America. We are a world power, that we have some kinds of operations planted everywhere. 
And uh, and is that appropriate, or is one of the results of this entire controversy going to be that there are people who want to pull back on the intelligence that we need? Intelligence can be wrong, by the way. Intelligence can be not smart. The most famous example is you had leading intelligence services, including the British MI6 and the Israeli Mossad and the French Secret Service, basically everybody who believed that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. He didn't. But uh, that doesn't go to the fact that intelligence isn't valuable or necessary for a great power or for the United States as it was even before America was a great power. Uh, we had uh, intelligence operations during the Revolutionary War that actually played a, a very, very real role in achieving victory. The uh, interesting thing about this is that usually in America, on media, you, you can immediately tell which media outlet you're listening to, which uh, form of cable news, because of its slant. That hasn't been the case as much today. Uh, listen to this. This is Fox News reporting on the findings at Mar-a-Lago uh, just uh, minutes ago. This is clip eight. Preliminary triage of the documents with classification markings revealed the following approximate numbers. 184 unique documents bearing classification markings, including 67 documents marked as confidential, 92 documents marked as secret, and 25 documents marked as top secret. Further, the FBI agents observed markings reflecting the following compartments, dissemination controls, which is HCF, FISA. Okay, this is based on an analysis back in January. This is not a sudden thing out of a clear blue sky. Uh, back in January, there were boxes of material that were sent to the National Archives. They looked through them, saw that they weren't neatly ordered, that they weren't some of them even in folders, and uh, that they'd included numerous classified documents. And uh, the, uh, the National Archives then notified the Department of Justice, and they began this grand jury investigation. Uh, this is Andrea Mitchell on MSNBC with her reporting of what has been found. This is New York Times also reports the affidavit, including more than three dozen pages of evidence and legal arguments presented by the Justice Department's National Security Division, plus supporting documents, describes the government's months-long push to recover highly classified materials taken from the White House by a former president who viewed state documents as his private property. And he had already sent back uh, 15 boxes back in January. For the first time, it also reveals the government's source of information on the movement of documents into and within the Mar-a-Lago complex. Quote, and this is from the affidavit, a significant number of civilian witnesses with knowledge of Mr. Trump's post-presidential actions. They've also expressed that one of the reasons for the redactions, and this is also added onto the material released with the affidavit, one of the reasons that they redacted so much is because they believed that uh, there were uh, very real risks if identities were betrayed of consequences and retaliation. 
the heavily redacted affidavit was released 18 days after FBI agents descended on President Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence and private club with a court-authorized court search warrant and carted off additional material marked as classified, citing possible violations of the Espionage Act and the obstruction of justice statutes. There is probable cause to believe that the evidence of obstruction will be found at Mr. Trump's house, the prosecutors wrote in requesting the search in this affidavit. There will be more. We'll also talk to former prosecutor Andy McCarthy of National Review and more coming up on The Medved Show. reported uh, Trump attacks Department of Justice ahead of affidavit release uh, quote hacks and thugs had no right to storm Mar-a-Lago and steal everything in sight unquote uh, former President Donald Trump preemptively attacked the Justice Department as hacks and thugs on the morning a redacted affidavit outlining the probable cause for the Mar-a-Lago search warrant gets released that's today uh, Trump took to truth social to blast DOJ and the FBI. What he wrote was this. He said, the political hacks and thugs had no right under the Presidential Records Act to storm Mar-a-Lago and steal everything in sight, including passports and privileged documents. Apparently, they have returned the three passports already. Uh, they even broke into my safe with a safe cracker. Can you believe this act was created for a very good reason, and it works. We are right now living in a lawless country that just so happens to be also a failing nation, exclamation point. Uh, the, uh, the, the most fascinating speculation is what this means, and what this is is a statement that was part of a letter that uh, came along with the affidavit. The... Uh, the letter was explaining why about half of the material in the 38 pages was redacted. It was blocked out. And uh, there were, there were uh, letters that were written by two attorneys for the Justice Department that uh, said, first and foremost, the government must protect the identity of witnesses at this stage of the investigation to ensure their safety said to uh, DOJ lawyers in explaining the redaction requests. Witnesses, they wrote, could be subjected to retaliation, intimidation, or harassment, and even threats to their physical safety. Adding that uh, Judge Reinhardt himself had already noted those dangers were not hypothetical in this case. The search, the affidavit reveals was prompted by an intensive FBI review of an initial 15 boxes of materials that Mr. Trump turned over to the archives in January after months of government pressure. A January, of course, we're talking about this January. That was one year after he left the White House. So this has taken a time to get going because, again, the whole question is 
what happened after he left the White House and took these papers with him, which hasn't happened with prior presidents. Uh, the uh, In those boxes, the agents found a total of 184 documents with classification markings, including 25 marked top secret. But agents were most alarmed to discover that many of the materials included the highest national security restrictions requiring that they be held in uh, government storage facilities and barring them from ever being shared with foreign governments to protect clandestine human sources employed by the intelligence community to collect information around the world, including to the documents. The, um, the fascinating uh, aspect of this is the mention of uh, protecting uh, witnesses who um, uh, they, they say while the government redacted details pertaining to witnesses in the Mar-a-Lago investigation, the affidavit vividly describes the dangers posed if their identities or even actions were made public. The uh, affidavit does not disclose the natures of the material or why Mr. Trump chose to retain it. That, of course, is going to be the biggest question, the biggest question for President Trump and his team to explain, is why this unusual behavior of loading a bunch of stuff that was not classified, it was all thrown into boxes together and some of it outside of folders, and sending it down to Mar-a-Lago rather than leaving it for the National Archives. The... Uh, uh, the the New York Times says that the fact that any of the affidavit was made public is a remarkable turn of events. Such documents are almost always left entirely sealed until criminal charges are actually filed. And even then they tend to emerge only as important legal issues in a case are litigated. There's no indication the Justice Department plans to file charges in the documents case anytime soon. Uh, why would they wait if they have the basis for charges? Because I guess they're still trying to gather information. Um, at a hearing last week, Judge Bruce Reinhardt, apparently seeking middle ground, floated the idea of releasing portions of the affidavit. He ordered the government to send proposed redactions to him by Thursday at noon. That was uh, last Thursday and issued his decision to release the redacted version within hours. And that's what we have now. Uh, the, um, uh, the idea that uh, this is a, uh, a, a serious uh, setback for President Trump or the idea that it's a big advantage for President Trump there are lots of people who believe that. Uh, there is a uh, one of the messages from the former president on Truth Social. It says, affidavit heavily redacted, triple exclamation points. Nothing mentioned on nuclear, a total public relations subterfuge. In other words, there's no specific uh, references in the uh, affidavit to nuclear codes or to anything of that nature as the Washington Post had reported previously uh, there might be. 
a total public relations subterfuge by the FBI and DOJ or our close working relationship regarding document turnover, we gave them much. Judge Bruce Reinhardt should never, in capitals, have been allowed, have allowed the break-in of my home. He recused himself two months ago from one of my cases based on his animosity and hatred of your favorite president, me. What changed? Why hasn't he recused himself on this case? Obama must be very proud of him right now. And that, of course, going to the charge that uh, uh, that Bruce Reinhardt is is actually a uh, a Democrat and a partisan Democrat and a supporter of Obama, and uh, he did uh, apparently he has contributed money to Democrats, in uh, and not when you say money, it's hundreds of dollars. It's not uh, tens of thousands. But he's also contributed money to Republicans, and his wife was appointed to her judgeship uh, by uh, Rick Scott, the uh, current head of the Republican Senatorial Campaign Committee, former governor of Florida. Coming up, best-selling author, uh, veteran prosecutor, uh, former chief assistant U.S. attorney in New York, and contributing editor at National Review, Andy McCarthy, coming up right now. And on the Medved Show, I'm honored and grateful that Andy McCarthy, on a very busy day, has a taken some time to talk to us. He is a best-selling author, contributing editor at National Review, and former chief assistant U.S. attorney, a veteran prosecutor, anti-terror prosecutor for the United States government and the Department of Justice. Uh, Andy, I know you've had a chance to read over the affidavit at this point. What, if anything, strikes you as the most significant surprise in this information? Well, I think at first blush, Michael, there was more that was uh, revealed in the way of text. And I don't want to say importance, but more in the way of text that was revealed than I thought would be revealed. I didn't think we were just going to get pages and pages of black, uh, blacked out document because um, it seemed to me there was a lot of stuff that they could, um, they could reveal. Like, you know, this. There's this big dispute now between uh, Trump and the government that he wants a special master to go through all of the uh, documents to see what's privileged and, and all that jazz. And I thought that in the normal Justice Department procedure, when you're going to do a search on someone who has privileged information, you lay out in the affidavit the procedure you're going to do to follow once you seize the stuff to protect the privileged information and make sure it doesn't get disclosed to the prosecution team. That's just a process. You could reveal that without having to give up any, you know, sources of information, identities of witnesses, roadmap of your investigation, et cetera. So I thought there would, there would be information like that that they could easily reveal. And it turns out, really, there was a lot more information like that that they could reveal because they you know, they told you uh, how you classify information and, and what the different classification levels mean, the different statutes that are involved. But when it got down to brass tacks about, like, 
why they did this and what their probable cause evidence is, we, we really are not told much. Okay, they are clearly pushing forward with an investigation about a potential indictments, uh, potential charges against President Trump. Uh, what happens next? I think he will not be charged. I don't think there's an intention to charge. And there hasn't been enough uh, uh, light shed on this, Michael, but I think we need to bear in mind classify even if you're not dealing with the one person in the government who has authority to declassify things which is an immense complication no prosecutor has ever had to deal with before classified information prosecutions themselves are very difficult to do and frequently collapse of their own weight because you know in order to prove the case you almost have to reveal the information and of course if the whole reason for you know going after someone is that you're endangering the country by the way you handle the information, you don't want to reveal it at a public trial. So they're very hard cases to do to begin with. Uh, and I just think it's such an immense complication to have uh, a president potentially be the defendant. And then I would just add to, to that that um, in the normal case, you know, if you have probable cause to get a search warrant, then you have probable cause to make arrests. And that's why you never see a search warrant done in the middle of an investigation. That all, that's almost always done at the end. You do those searches at the same time uh, the FBI arrests people at the end. So I, the more I look at this, the more I think that what happened here is they really wanted their stuff back. They wanted the classified documents back. Uh, they, the archivist wants all of the presidential records back. Uh, but I don't think they want to do a prosecution that would be very messy and that would run the risk of, for example, disclosing to hostile governments the kind of information that Trump, you know, carelessly had down in Mar-a-Lago, which might even identify for hostile governments, you know, untrustworthy people who may have seen it and, you know, who maybe they could pay to learn meet defense secrets of the United States. So I, I just think they wanted their stuff back. I don't think they want to prosecute him. I think they'd love to make a January 6th case on him, but I don't think they want to do a records retention or classified information prosecution. Another problem, I mean, for the government, and one of the reasons I agree with you, and I think it would be frankly better if we, we aren't torn up as a country over the next two years uh, concerning a new prosecution of President Trump, but it just feel like a third impeachment but uh, New York Times says today in their summary, for the first time, the affidavit reveals the government's source for information on the movement of documents into and within the Mar-a-Lago complex. Quote, a significant number of civilian witnesses with knowledge of Mr. Trump's post-presidential actions. Uh, that sounds like they're suggesting that there are human informants, people who are currently working with Trump, who are actually providing information for potential prosecutors. Uh, if that's the case, that would be hugely controversial, wouldn't it? It would, although, you know, the more I think about it, um, you know, we know that once the FBI got to look at these documents in May, the Justice Department started to issue grand jury subpoenas and the FBI was dispatched to interview people at, at Mar-a-Lago and on Trump's staff. And he certainly knew at least some of that, if not uh, all of it, that was going on. So some of this may not be like you think about embedded informants like moles. Some of this may be people who, 
you know, the FBI shows up, they want to do an interview. You're only a witness. You don't feel like you've done anything wrong. Uh, or if they show up with a subpoena and they feel like, you know, they have to speak because otherwise they get to go speak to a grand jury. Um, you know, they could have gotten information from a lot of people that way without having people who were like tripping over themselves to cooperate with the investigation, which I sort of doubt. If they uh, pull back from uh, any kinds of charges, what's the resolution here? Or do we just uh, sort of stagger on uh, uncertainly? Well, there's a, I think there's a couple of things. I mean, it may be that the, you know, the, the uh, dog that never barks, right? We never, you know, after all this frenetic activity, everything dies down. And, you know, three news cycles from now, we forget that this ever happened, as hysterical as everyone sounds today. But I think, you know, the, the two things I would look at are, you know, once they have these documents, they have them. So if there's any relevant evidence about January 6th, which we know they're trying to make a case about, we could hear about it that way. And the other thing that keeps sticking out to me, Michael, is on page two of the affidavit, we never get a, any read on, on what their evidence is for this. But they say, you know, there is probable cause to believe there is evidence of obstruction at Mar-a-Lago. Um, and, you know, that's a, that's a kind of a wild card in this because the Justice Department typically takes obstruction, if they have strong evidence of it, very seriously, and you could easily do a narrow obstruction case without having to expose a bunch of national security information. So I keep my eye on that, but I really think if they intended to charge this guy, they would have done it. And, you know, could the obstruction that they were referring to be the letter they got from one of President Trump's attorneys saying he had retained no further uh, classified material? at a time when they knew he did? I'm sure they considered that obstructive behavior on somebody's part, but at the same time, what the warrant says, what the affidavit says is there's probable cause to believe there's evidence of obstruction at Mar-a-Lago. So that suggests to me that they thought they were going to find something that was either evidence of concealment or destruction or or something. So I doubt it's just the letter, although I, I agree with you that they probably regard the letter as obstructive. Uh, Andy McCarthy, always brilliant. And I, I, I guess it could be reassuring or very frustrating, the idea that this could just drag along, because it hardly seems likely that the Justice Department is going to say, oh, well, never mind, we're going to let this one go. Or that uh, President Trump is going to offer some kind of apology on some level and they'll all shake hands and be buds again uh doesn't seem to look like it's working that way we will be right back with more on the medved show Medved Show, a uh, very good email came in from Bradley in Redmond. 
And by the way, your calls are welcomed at 1-800-955-1776. Bradley writes in, Michael, I find it difficult to believe that no other president has taken classified documents from the White House. What the FBI is saying is that they don't trust President Trump, who just happened to be president of the United States for four years. Again, this doesn't bring our nation together and is totally unnecessary. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Uh, signed Bradley in, in Redmond. Uh, look, the idea that uh, this was not a problem with other presidents, I mean, there are reasons why this is so extraordinary and so abnormal, and unfortunately it's too typical of President Trump's relations with the Justice Department. And you may remember that from the beginning of his presidency, it was earlier in his presidency, he fired James Comey at the FBI and, uh, and replaced him with Christopher Wray. And what people forget is that Wray was Trump's hand-picked choice of successor. And uh, just as Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, the head of the Justice Department for the first years of his administration, was one of Trump's earliest supporters, was his hand-picked successor, there has always been this uh, tension between Trump and the Justice Department. And part of that had to do with the idea that uh, Trump, and this has been revealed in all of the books about Trump and the administration and the way he operated, including those very well-informed uh, and uh, uh, appropriate um, books by um, Bob Woodward, that Trump believed that the, the attorney general should be his lawyer, the same way he felt that they should be his documents. And the question here and the problem isn't that Trump uh, took documents that were classified out of the White House. It's that he took documents at all where the well-known policy had been since the Presidential Record Act, which is 1978, which is what, that's 44 years ago, uh, that uh, the policy had been that any documents generated at the White House belong to uh, to the National Archives and go to the government, not to a president's personal library or not to uh, his home in any sense. Uh, Kevin calling in from Spokane, Washington. Uh, Kevin, you're on the Medved Show. Hi, Michael. Hey, Hi. Um, look, I don't know what the topic is today, but since the affidavit has been released, I'm pretty sure you're talking about the FBI and I, I agree with you. We should support the FBI, and we should support law enforcement. I, I agree with you, and give them the benefit of the doubt. But, Michael, you don't seem to be addressing the whole past during the uh, the Trump administration, the whole Russian collusion fraud that was perpetrated on the American people for years. I mean, don't you remember? Surely you remember... Um, What's his name? Strzok? 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 Yeah, Peter Strzok, who is now a commentator on MSNBC. Uh, look, the truth of the matter is, this is under full investigation, continuing by John Durham, who was appointed uh, under uh, Attorney General Bill Barr, 
and some of the uh, the wrongdoing, some of which has been admitted and adjudicated already, uh, like the, uh, uh, the there was a false basis or a distorted basis for a FISA warrant. Uh, but th the truth of this of the matter is, what does that have to do with any of this? And because first of all, none of none of that occurred under Christopher Ray. That was all prior. Secondly, it's currently being uh, massively investigated, and there's no question that John Durham is continuing his investigation, but it's very slow. Uh, does the, the real question here, Kevin, and, and I'm very glad to hear your thoughts on it, is why Trump found it so important to risk consequences, and he has to know, and he apparently was informed that he was risking consequences, by uh, at, at the last minute taking papers out of the White House that he wasn't supposed to. I agree. And those questions remain to be answered. Right, which is exactly what we're all engaged in right now. And uh, the point is, do you think it was a, like an FBI conspiracy to entrap Trump, to sort of lure him into taking whole boxes of, uh, of, of papers away from his White House office? No, I don't think that. Well, I don't know, Michael. We don't know what's in those boxes. But the point is, the FBI has a lot to answer for with the whole, um, uh, the, the PP case. Remember that? The, the FBI had nothing to do with that. They, they didn't. They haven't answered it. Okay, the, the point is that they have, we had a Mueller investigation, which I think was way, way overkill. Uh, the Mueller investigation came out, the Russian collusion charges collapsed, and that didn't uh, go on for all four years. I mean, the, the collapse of the Russian collusion investigation was before the first impeachment, which was about the Ukraine and the phone call with Zelensky. And uh, again, if you look at the Trump administration, there have been uh, so many uh, issues that have come up about alleged wrongdoing. And some of that, by the way, I agree with you, has to do with the fact that Trump has been a target. And uh, he was a particularly uh, juicy target because he was incredibly sloppy with so much stuff that that he did that are that's really deeply questionable and the question about him taking these papers away there's nothing in the affidavit to indicate anything about trump's motivation which again it goes to one of the reasons that i agree with andy mccarthy who was just on our show a former prosecutor who believes that it is unlikely that there will be charges. Uh, Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia, who is a rising Republican star, increasingly mentioned when they talk about potential presidential surprise candidates. He was on Fox News, and uh, he had, I think, what's a useful message uh, for a lot of Fox News viewers. This is uh, Governor Youngkin, Clip 7.
Transparency is the key here. And uh, my criticism of uh, Attorney General Garland has been lack of transparency and what really is a clear politicization of the Attorney General's office and whether to investigate parents in Loudoun County or, or not to, in fact, enforce code and, and, uh, and keep our justices safe in Virginia. And so transparency is the key. I know there's a lot more to come here. And so I would just caution folks to not draw too many conclusions from today's uh, release and, uh, and yet continue to ask for more transparency. That's going to be the key here. Okay, uh, transparency for the Justice Department, for the FBI, and uh, maybe we could add transparency also for the Trump Organization. Uh, this idea that uh, a lot of what was redacted was to protect witnesses, and it says a significant number of uh, civilian witnesses with knowledge of Mr. Trump's post-presidential actions, that means to a great extent people who still work for him and uh, they those people the uh, the affidavit says they want to protect uh, but uh, does that mean uh, basically keeping secret any testimony that they gave or the uh, selection of testimony regarding President Trump all of this goes to the basic question that has yet to be answered. In fact, it's yet even to be meaningfully asked. A uh, question which is, okay, what was it about these papers in particularly, and we know he was particularly concerned about letters that he received from Kim Jong-un and, and other things that seemed like mementos. Is that all this was? Uh, or is there something more? There's something more in terms of dealing with the homeless crisis. It is an American crisis. There's now right in Tacoma, Washington, a new way of potentially dealing with it. We will get to that and more coming up in this greatest nation on God's green earth.